We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode 669 of the Pack-A-Day podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. I am not going to take up a ton of your time today. Uh, It is Memorial Day, and I hope you are spending a ton of time with uh, hopefully some family. I know we're in a little bit of a unique situation, but uh, hopefully you're able to spend some time with your family, get some relaxation, take some time off, and uh, just kind of enjoy the day. So I don't plan on taking a ton of your time today. Um, I figure we could just kind of go through a fun topic. I know the the NFL schedule was released uh, a couple weeks back, but um, one of one of the activities that I always like to go through when the schedule is released uh, is to kind of go through and see all of the unique talent and, and players that the the Packers will get to play against. Kind of some players that I'll get to kind of key on and, and eye as the season goes along. Some matchups that I'll really get excited for. So I kind of figured I'd kind of bring you through my process and kind of go through some of the players that I'm most excited to see the Packers play against in 2020. Uh, so that's going to be my my kind of focus and my goal today. And I figured I'd just bring you through that and uh, go through some of these really talented and uh, exciting players that I'm excited to watch go against the Packers this upcoming season. So I kind of broke this into different categories, some rookies, some honorable mentions, some under the radar players, some up and coming players, some legends, and then kind of the best of the best. 
And I figured, you know, one I could have went through this, you know, position by position, but we'll probably do our position series again and kind of go through some of the, the best players at each position that the Packers will face. So I don't want to steal a ton of that thunder, but I figured we could at least get a little bit of a, a taste for some of the top end talent that Green Bay is going to be going against. So let me start off with the rookies. And, you know, interestingly enough, the, the Packers are only going to play against three of the top 12 draft picks from this last draft class. And that's uh, Derek Brown uh, from the Panthers, CJ Henderson from the Jaguars, and Jeff Okuda, of course, from the Lions, they'll see twice. I'm definitely excited to see all three of those players, especially Okuda in in Detroit um, for a variety of reasons. One, I just think he's a really talented corner and he's going to fit in well, but he has big shoes to fill uh, with Darius Slay leaving, and it'll be interesting to see how well he can do that. And uh, yeah, it's obviously a player that the Packers are going to see, you know, two times a year for the foreseeable future. So really excited to see what he's going to be able to bring to the table and and how much of a problem that he's going to be for the Packers moving forward. Hopefully not much of one, but like I said, he's, he's a really talented player and I'm excited to see what he can do on the field. Uh, The next two, both Minnesota Vikings, Justin Jefferson and Jeff Gladney. And again, I know that's not ideal, uh, but uh, Jefferson and Gladney were two of my favorite players in this past draft. Um, I definitely think they're going to be able to come in and uh, play at a, a, maybe not a high level, but be able to uh, help the Vikings from day one and eventually play at a high level in this league. I thought both were just very natural players. And I think that's something that sometimes doesn't get the credit that it deserves. You know, everyone looks at the, the height, weight, speed, the production, things like that. Sometimes I just like looking at players who just look so natural playing the position. Like they were born to play the position. Gladney was that for me, a billion percent. You just throw on him and he looks like he was born to play cornerback. And he didn't test the greatest, didn't always have the ton of production. Their defense at TCU wasn't always great, but he just looks and feels like a player that was born to play cornerback in the NFL. Um, and Justin Jefferson, very similarly, you know, he just feels so natural at wide receiver, so good after the catch. And I'm, I'm interested to see what he's going to be able to bring to the Vikings. Tristan Wirfs was one of my favorite players in the draft. I know I had a top five grade on him. Uh, Packers will see him when they uh, face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Brandon Ayuk from the 49ers, uh, Jalen Rieger from the Eagles, both were selected right before the Packers were able to get the receiver. Um, Of course, Packers picking up Jordan Love instead. Uh, Who knows what they would have done if both of those players were on the board if they would have went Jordan Love anyway. Something tells me they very well may have, but that's something I don't think we'll ever certainly know. Uh, But uh, I'm excited to see what Brandon Ayuk and Jalen Rieger can can bring to the field this season. And then DeAndre Swift from the Lions as well. Uh, My top running back from this draft, I think think he's going to be somebody who can be a instant playmaker, somebody who can be a receiving threat out of the backfield, and uh, somebody that's going to give the Lions certainly another weapon. So those were the rookies. Again, Derek Brown, CJ Henderson, Jeffrey Okuda, Justin Jefferson, Jeff Gladney, Tristan Wirfs, Brandon Ayuk, Jalen Rager, and DeAndre Swift, uh, the rookies that I'm excited to see the Packers go against this season. Some honorable mention players. I mean, these are really talented players that uh, are going to give the Packers problems and are really fun to watch. And I enjoy watching a lot of these players year in and year out. Um, they didn't exactly make the the best of the best list. They're certainly not under the radar. They're not up and coming, but they're just really talented players. And I, I couldn't find a way to keep a lot of these players off. Uh, that's Cameron Jordan of the, the Saints. I don't necessarily think that he always gets the credit 
credit that he deserves. And uh, he, he's just a tremendous football player. And I always love watching the way he plays the game. Same thing could be said for the next two on the Eagles, Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham. Um, if there's a, a hashtag snub uh, on this list, Fletcher Cox may be the snub on this list where maybe he should have been in, in the top group of people. Uh, but uh, he's super talented and, and is certainly a joy to watch um, and, and certainly gave the Packers some troubles a season ago, as did Brandon Graham. Uh, Adam Thielen and Harrison Smith, uh, you know, from the Vikings, certainly two players that uh, Packer fans know very, very well. Um, Harrison Smith, I think, is starting to come down just a little bit, but he's still very, very talented. And Adam Thielen, you know, we we talk about as Packer fans all the time, uh, the talent that Devontae Adams has running routes. And Adam Thielen is a joy to watch play football. I wish he was on a different team, uh, maybe even on the Packers. I wish he just, you know, not a Minnesota Viking, most importantly. But um, I've said for a while, you know, that tandem that they had with Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen uh, was really fun to watch, uh, unfortunately, again, as part of the Vikings. But uh, Thielen is an artist at his position. I talk all the time about receivers needing to be artists as they're they're running their routes and kind of going about their business, and, and Thielen is certainly that. Ellen Robinson for the Chicago Bears, uh, as well as Eddie Jackson and Akeem Hicks. Um, all three of those players, again, Packer fans very familiar with. Uh, Robinson, you know, usually gives Jair Alexander some trouble because of his size. Uh, I thought Eddie Jackson uh, had a little bit of a down year, and maybe that was partially due to not being tag teamed with Adrian Amos anymore. And that was kind of one of my predictions going into last season is when you watched Amos uh, in Chicago, you could see that he freed up Eddie Jackson to do all the great things that Eddie Jackson was able to do because they could trust Amos on the back end and, and trust really Amos to do a little bit of everything. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see if Jackson bounces back a little bit this year and kind of gets back to playing at that super high level. Um, and then Akeem Hicks too. I, again, another player that I don't think necessarily always gets the credit that he deserves. He is just a menace inside and the Packers always have trouble dealing with him. Uh, Zach Ertz, tight end for the Eagles. Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson, the center and tackle for the Eagles. Um, Again, those three specifically caused a lot of matchup problems last year when the the Eagles beat the Packers at Lambeau, Um, especially the the running game for the Eagles is what really gave uh, the Packers a ton of trouble. And uh, the Packers trying to match up with with Goddard and Ertz at tight end and, and some of their two tight end formations. And then what Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey and one other player that I'll get to in just a moment moment. Um, you know, I think those type of players uh, are, are really what, uh, you know, kind of opens up that, that Eagles offense and, and makes them so unique and difficult to deal with. So uh, definitely some talented players there for the Eagles. Uh, Darius Slay, uh, the, the corner for the Eagles, uh, they pick him up from the Lions in the offseason, has been one of my favorite players in the league for a long time. Again, I know, bummer that it was with the Detroit Lions, but uh, he should be able to continue that high level of play this season with the Philadelphia Eagles. And then my last honorable mention isn't actually a, a player at all. It's, it's Kyle Shanahan. And I I'll, I'll just say this. His offense last season was in nothing short to me of a masterpiece. What, what he was able to do, I mean, legitimately, and you can say, you know, insert comments here about Mike Pettin or the defense, but I legitimately don't think that he needed to throw a pass in the NFC Championship game against the Green Bay Packers a season ago. I think they could have run on every single play and they would have won that game. In fact, I'm 99.9% sure of it, that if they never attempted a pass, that they would have won that game easily. And, and and that goes a long way into saying what Kyle Shanahan can bring as a coordinator. Now, he has some really unique weapons at his disposal, you know, disposal with Kyle Juszczyk and George Kittle, Debo Samuel, but 
this is this is not a team that has a, a top five quarterback. They used a variety of running backs, including Raheem Mostert, who was certainly a journeyman at the running back position. Um, you know, Juszczyk they picked up. You know, Kittle was a six round pick, and and he's just done a masterful job of molding that offense in his image and uh, and creating quite the team and quite the offense. And I know they came up a little bit short. Um, you know, really probably if Garoppolo makes a couple better passes in that game, I think they have the opportunity to win the Super Bowl. But Kyle Shanahan's on the top of his game. And, and sometimes those things come and go quickly. Um, you know, even Sean McVay, you know, he had a he had a pretty big, you know, come to earth moment last season for the Rams where teams caught on to him fairly quickly. And I don't know that he necessarily did the best job of continuing to adjust a season ago. So we'll see what happens with McVay. And, and you know, the similar thing could happen with Kyle Shanahan. You know, as soon as you think you're ahead in the NFL, you know, somebody's passed you up and somebody's figured you out. And then if you don't adjust, um, you know, it, it can be it can be a death sentence for certain coaches and coordinators. You know, look at look at the Chip Kellys and the Mike Martzes. I mean, you know, at, at one point they were considered geniuses. Uh, you know, for their specific um, you know offenses that they put together. I mean, Martz can't even get jobs. You know, in the in some of these AAAFs and XFLs and, and things like that. So, uh, and Chip Kelly, you know, is, is not the same caliber of coach that he was at college that he was with Oregon. So, um, you know, these things can can crumble rather quickly and, and we'll see if Kyle Shanahan can kind of keep things together. But last season was a masterpiece in my opinion, and it'll be fun to see his offense again in 2020. Some under the radar players, and I think under the radar is the wrong term. I think you guys are all going to know these players, but um, you know, players that I think don't always get the credit that they deserve. They're fantastic players, and you know, aren't quite in that you know top ten player, you know, or top one hundred player maybe uh, at the you know in the NFL. A couple of these guys probably are, especially Grady Jarrett, but. Um, I'll, I'll kind of go through this list. Anthony Harris, the, the safety from Minnesota, was tremendous a season ago. And, and I know there's uh, some in the Vikings media who believe that he actually became the Vikings' best safety, surpassing Harrison Smith, um, which is really saying something. And uh, I definitely think that he was uh, worthy of the franchise tag and, and just one hell of a safety for the Minnesota Vikings. Demario Davis, uh, the New Orleans Saints. You know he was he was definitely a top 100 player this last year. He, again, somebody that you throw on the tape, he's all over the field. Um, you know, a little bit of a uh, you know journey to get to the Saints, and uh, they found a, a hidden gem with picking him up. And he, he's certainly paid dividends for for that free agent transaction. And again, if you have the opportunity to watch him play, definitely do so because he flies around the field at that linebacker position. Great instincts. Grady Jarrett, I just mentioned, uh, one of the top defensive tackles. You know, we love you know Kenny Clark, and it would be fun to have an argument of who's better between Grady Jarrett and Kenny Clark. And uh, you know, Jarrett's right there. He's just a tremendous player, and really one of the the key pieces of that Falcons team that is trying to keep that team together. Um, I think the Falcons are going to struggle this season, but uh, Grady Jarrett is certainly still on the top of his game, and one of the players that you always have to keep an eye on when you're playing the Falcons. Uh, Kevin Biard, the safety for the Titans, is really fun to watch. A couple Detroit Lions. Uh, I think Kenny Galladay. He doesn't, you know, always necessarily get the respect that he deserves. I think he's a fantastic wide receiver. And Matthew Stafford too. You know, I'm I'm just gonna come out and say it. He's had some injury issues. He's had to go through a ton of different coaches, you know, a variety of different coordinators. You know, things always haven't clicked. I know he gets some of his work done when they've been losing, and they haven't always been, you know, certainly a playoff contender with him at quarterback. But, you know, when he's been healthy these last couple seasons, he's really been on his game. And I definitely think 
that uh, you know he still has some really great football ahead of him, and I, I just don't think that he always gets the credit that he deserves. Same thing with Carson Wentz for the Eagles, who's also on my under the radar list. You know, he was an MVP candidate. You know, actually, I, he may have won the MVP. Now I'm thinking of it. Um, uh, just a, few, a you know a couple years back, you know when they won the Super Bowl and he got hurt and Foles had to replace him. I just think that, you know, yes, he's gone through some injuries and he has to stay healthy this season, especially now that they grabbed Jalen Hurts in the second round. But I think the world of Carson Wentz, and I still think he can be a top quarterback, an MVP caliber quarterback in this league if he can simply stay healthy. And then Ali Marpet, the guard for the Buccaneers, uh, again, just a tremendous football player that doesn't always get the credit that he deserves. Some up-and-coming players uh, that I'm keeping an eye on this year. And again, a lot of these players have already had their breakout season. I guess this is kind of my, you know, young, talented group that, you know, isn't in that top list of players, not the best of the best yet, but all of these players have the ability to be there in the near future. Uh, A.J. Brown, the receiver for the Titans. Debo Samuel, the receiver for the 49ers. Chris Godwin, uh, wide receiver for the Bucks. Adoree Jackson, the corner for the Titans. Uh, Darius Leonard and Fred Warner, the inside linebackers for the Colts and 49ers, respectively. DJ Chark for the Jaguars, who really came on strong a season ago. Uh, Delvin Cook, you know, again, I, I'm talking way too much about some some Lions and Vikings and, and Bears here than I would probably like to be doing. But man, you go back and watch Delvin Cook a season ago and he was special. And, uh, you know, the Vikings are probably going to have to maybe pay him more than they would like to pay him as his, his contract comes up. But he is a, a special, special player. He made um, Darnell Savage look silly in the open field uh, in week two last season for a long touchdown run. And you just have to really contain him, you know, game in and game out because he showed last year he can be a special player. DJ Moore at the wide receiver for the Panthers. I'm excited to see what he can do with Teddy Bridgewater this season, if those two can kind of form a connection. And then Braden Smith, the offensive tackle for the Colts, another up-and-coming player who has been a strong starter already and I think has the ability to be one of the best tackles in the league over time. The next list is my list of legends, you know, players that are still playing at a high level, probably not the level that they were at the, the height of their powers, but um, just players that, you know, we're not going to get to see, you know, play at a high level for, for much longer. And these are always players that I like to single out and just make sure that, you know, kind of enjoy some of their last uh, games against the Packers. Uh, Tom Brady, you know, of course, this is very likely uh, the last, maybe they'll see each other next season, depending on how the teams finish. Um, the this season in the standings, but th- this very well could be you know the last, uh, if not one of the last Brady Rogers matchups, and, and that'll certainly be one that's highly touted and, and one that's already getting uh, quite a bit of press, and, and will continue to do so, rightfully so. But you know Tom Brady is certainly there. Drew Brees for the Saints, same thing. I'm not sure how many more Brees Rogers matchups we're going to get, but um, this should be another great one. J.J. Watt, the the Texans defensive lineman. Again, he's probably coming towards the the twilight of his career a little bit and uh you know just love still watching him play the game you know philip rivers we could probably debate legend maybe a little bit here but uh, still a, a player who was fantastic in his prime and now is kind of in the, the twilight of his career as well um again this very easily could be the last rivers rogers matchup that we see uh, richard sherman uh, again he, he continues to defy age a little bit and continues to play at a high level levante david and again maybe legend is a little bit loose here but 
I don't think Levante David's ever got the credit that he's deserved because he's played for a consistently bad team. Maybe that'll change a little bit this year, but he has been so good for so long. And I always love, you know, watching him play. And when the Packers do go against him, kind of singling him out and watching him as well. So Levante David definitely makes the list. Julio Jones, the Falcons wide receiver, and then Rob Gronkowski uh, coming back and playing tight end for the Bucks this year, I think is, is definitely worthy of that list as well. That brings me to the best of the best of the best that the Packers will face in 2020. And this is crazy, you know, to kind of think of all the names that I've gone through already. Cameron Jordan, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Thielen, Harrison Smith, Allen Robinson, Zach Ertz, Eddie Jackson, Nakeem Hicks, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Darius Slay, Anthony Harris, Demario Davis, Grady Jarrett, Kevin Biard, Kenny Galladay, Carson Wentz, Stafford, Marpet, A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, Chris Godwin, Adoree Jackson, Darius Leonard, Fred Warner, D.J. Chark, Dalvin Cook, D.J. Moore, Braden Smith, Brady, Breeze, Watt, Rivers, Sherman, Levante, David, Julio, Rob Gronkowski, all of those players have already made this list and not even on the best of the best of the best that Green Bay will face in 2020. So, you know, you can say what you want about the the teams that Green Bay will be facing, but they certainly have, you know, some of the best of the best that they'll be facing from an individual standpoint this upcoming season. Um, but that, that leaves me with uh, my final grouping in no specific order. Uh, Nick Bosa, you know, the, the defensive end and edge rusher for the San Francisco 49ers, just playing such amazing football right out of the gate. He's only going to get better. He's scary, scary good. Um, yeah, I don't even know what else to say. Like, in he he dictated games last year when uh, you know against the Packers and against other teams as well. Um, but he is so tremendously talented, and he's just one of those players that you want to throw on the tape and just study as much as you can because he plays at such a high level at such a young age. Um, I think he's eventually going to be on this legends list. He easily could still be on the up and coming list. He's certainly not under the radar, but uh, he's definitely worthy of the best of the best already at this stage of his career. Sticking with the same team, George Kittle, you know, you can talk about premium positions, your quarterbacks, your edge rushers, your offensive tackles, corners, and so on and so forth. And tight end is, is going to be a little bit lower on the list of premium positions. But when you have a player that is capable of blocking the way that Kittle can and catching and receiving the way that Kittle can all wrapped into one, that's about as elite of a player as you can possibly get. And one of the things that I really love to look at is is mismatch players. And George Kittle is just that ultimate chess piece, the ultimate mismatch, because he's a one-player personnel grouping nightmare for defensive coordinators. You go in a a nickel or dime package and and George Kittle's out on the field and you try to match up him with corners or safeties, you know, good luck because they'll use him to kind of, you know, ram the ball right down your throats and be a a power offense because he's basically almost like having an extra offensive lineman on the field at times. And then you come out in a a heavy defense, a 4-3, a 3-4, and they can split Kittle out wide and have him basically be an extra wide receiver out on the field. So he's that that one person chess piece that that the chess piece term gets used way too often, but George Kittle is absolutely worthy of it. Khalil Mack, number three, again, not in any specific order here, but number three on my list um, of the best of the best. You know, I think he he regressed, uh, maybe regressed is the wrong word, but I think he had a little bit of an off season a season ago, but he's still one of the best edge rushers, can give you so many troubles in so many different ways. Chicago needs him to be the best of the best. Like he needs to be the best defender in football for them really to, to probably make an impact this year because that defense has to be 
probably the best defense in the league for the you know for the Bears to to really come out and play at a, a playoff or super you know Super Bowl is probably even you know, a bit much, but if they want to be a really good football team, they need to be the top defense. If they want to be the top defense of football, they need Khalil Mack to play at his best possible level, which again, I don't think he was a season ago, but he was two years ago. And uh, if that Khalil Mack shows up, look the heck out. But uh, Khalil Mack, definitely worthy of making this list, even in a down season. Derrick Henry, a running back for the Titans. Say what you want about the value of running backs, but Derrick Henry is certainly worthy of being on this list. Uh, next is Michael Thomas, the receiver for the Saints. There's been a lot of hate on Twitter these last couple weeks, especially this last week, about Michael Thomas, and I don't get it. He's a tremendous football player, and uh, he, he's constantly winning his one-on-ones. You have to be aware of where he's at at all times, and certainly is currently at the height of his powers. Quentin Nelson, the guard for the, the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Packers won't get to see him a ton since he's in the AFC South, basically once every four years, but uh, he is one of those rare guards that was worthy of being picked in the top 10, and he's lived up to the billing so far. Just a tremendous player, and uh, you know, again, teaming him with Braden Smith as young offensive lineman along that Colts lines is going to pay dividends for a long time. Christian McCaffrey, a lot of the same things that I just said about George Kittle and mismatch players, you can say the same thing about Christian McCaffrey. Um, you come out in a, a a smaller defense and you can use Christian McCaffrey as a you know a dynamic running back and really try to, to run against some of those smaller sets. You come out in the 3-4 or 4-3 and you line up Christian McCaffrey, he's a wide receiver. And it's not like he's like a wide receiver, like he's a wide receiver. He's a really good cali- you know, slot wide receiver, even if he couldn't play running back. Like he's an NFL caliber slot receiver, starting caliber slot receiver. So um, he can do so much. And again, just a, a massive miss match problem uh, for for opposing teams. Deshaun Watson uh, for the Texans, for the love of all things holy Texans, you are, you know, there's a lot of talk of teams wasting the prime of a player. It certainly seems like the Texans are doing their best a little bit to to waste that uh, that prime of Deshaun Watson. He's got a long way to go, but my goodness, you know, put some talent around that, uh, that guy and, and let him succeed at a high level because he is so fun to watch and uh, one of the more dynamic players in the league. Uh, Mike Evans, the receiver for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, Brandon Brooks, the guard for the Eagles, uh, definitely worthy of being on this list. Ryan Ramchek, uh, the offensive tackle for the Saints, former Badger, and then Marshawn Lattimore at corner, uh, cornerback, excuse me, for the Saints as well. Uh, those are my best of my best and uh, players that I'm looking forward to watching play against the Packers this season. Again, Nick Bosa, George Kittle, Khalil Mack. Derrick Henry, Michael Thomas, Quentin Nelson, Christian McCaffrey, Deshaun Watson, Mike Evans, Brandon Brooks, Ryan Ramchek, and Marshawn Lattimore. That does it for me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. The Packers certainly have their work cut out from this season as they try to navigate some of these ultra-talented players that they're going to have to face in 2020. I hope you guys have an amazing and wonderful Memorial Day. I hope you've enjoyed your weekend. Thank you, as always, for tuning into the Pack-A-Day podcast. And as always, Go Pack Go! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.